Hey guys, it's Alec. Today's episode is a little bit of a weird one. Me and Anthony went in with a topic at hand, and I feel like we sidebarred a little too hard. We stopped being as cohesive as I would have liked, and I don't think we really stuck to the points we were trying to make. Nonetheless, there's some really good conversation in here, there's some funny moments, and we really hope you guys enjoy it. We will see you guys in the next one. Today, guys, we are talking about one of my favorite sayings in regards to anything ever. If it ain't broke, don't fucking fix it without the fucking that's just me being a sailor there are certain things that just work and if they just work and people like them because they work don't change shit why are you doing that the reason this topic exists is because me and alec were sitting talking one day and one thing that i said was the pokemon games i love pokemon I am definitely one of those assholes, though, that like says he loves Pokemon, but really only did anything with the first generation because I'm old and stupid. So I played up to Crystal, and then I never touched a Pokemon game again until Sword. But I, you know, my friends played them. I saw them. I knew about them. And one thing that fucking drives me nuts is all the extra mechanics, shit like Dynamaxing and X Evolutions and the fucking temporary evolution things that they've done in multiple games and all that extra shit man let me just i want to go out find a pokemans smack him around a bit take his lunch money throw some balls at his face until he's mine forever and then and then maybe nickname him and then use him to beat the shit out of other people's pokemans like that's a really horrible way to word any of that but I liked Pokemon for what it was, and I'm not saying that these mechanics, you know, suck or are lame, but eventually they're going to run out of ideas and they will suck and be lame. Why can't we just stick to what we have and what we know? Dude, while you were saying all that, I just realized in Pokemon, you literally beat your friends into being your friend. Pretty much. Like, like you literally get a Pokemon and beat your freaking new pet. We could say pet, not friend. I mean, technically they preach friendship. But you literally beat them into being your friend. You just capture them. All of a sudden, you're mine forever. No one can ever talk to you ever again. You're just stuck in your little Pokeball. Uh, you, don't, you don't do that in real life? You don't like beat the shit out of people? That like, is how I got you to do a podcast with me. <laughs> I threw you into a ball and said, we're recording. So, um, so you were talking about how you don't like Dynamaxing. So I'm with you. I, don't, I haven't played. So with Pokemon, I played Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. That was my, I'll be honest, and all you freaking pro gen, pro one gen people out there, where gen one is the best. It uh, is. You can, you, you can say, I think gen three is my favorite. Gen three had my, you know what? Because they had some of the coolest Pokemon in gen three. Um, and some of the coolest aspects to me, like um, secret bases. And like God of War, God of War was sick. Love God of War. And then they come out with, you know, Dynamaxing. And what was it before that? Oh, you gave your Pokemon a, they had it in Let's Go. Um, that You gave it that stone and it mega evolved. Yeah. And I'm like, now we're, now we're digivolving our Pokemon. But one thing that I understand, and yes, game devs do it. Do you think that a game company could be like, okay. In Gen 1, the entire concept was there's 151 Pokemon, go catch them all. Beat the Elite Four, catch all the Pokemon. Complete your decks. That was the thing. Do you think Pokemon would have lasted that long if they didn't add new mechanics to the games? Yes. Yes, I do. Do you? I do. Do you? I do. I, I, think, I think a lot of other games 
do need changes. I'm, I'm not saying you should never change anything ever, but there are certain things that when you, cause, cause that's the other thing, right? Like there's a difference between quality of life changes and, addi- and small additions and then just additions where they're like, Hey, so literally everything is already the same, but also now you go into a gym and your Pokemon's as tall as a 10 story building but can also still be defeated and can fucking not one shot smaller Pokemon like a Caterpie. Like, but how does that even, that's just in my head. That's stupid. It doesn't even make sense. Like their, their idea for a change, like they literally had a group of dudes sitting in a boardroom and they were like, what if there was like this dark cloud energy and the Pokemon just got like really fucking big. And a bunch of other people were like, dude, that's genius. And we could like also throw Pokeballs the size of beach balls at their face instead, because like how are you going to fit a giant Pokemon in a regular size Pokeball? You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, beach ball should be big enough. That's dope, dude. And then like they sold it. And, and I just, in my head, it is the same game with an addition that is just fucking pointless. In a game where you can literally catch the god Pokemon, quote unquote, uh, you can't fit a giant Pokemon into a tiny Pokeball. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference between quality. So, like, quality of life changes things that that make the game different in in a way that is like, at its core, it is still just Pokemon. It's the same game. You go out, you fight a Pokemon, you make it weak, you throw a Pokeball at it, you catch the Pokemon, you go to gyms, you fight the gyms. Like, all that shit is the same. Right. But, but like that you add things like, um, like the open world and seeing the Pokemon on, on the, on the, um, over, overworld or over map. Right. Or, um, the wild zone. Yeah. The, all the, all the different, um, weather conditions and, you know, so like, so like, here's another, another example against myself. Right. I hate the fact that all the requirements for evolutions now are so absurd. Like you can only evolve this one in the nighttime during a blizzard, but also it's only a blizzard once a month in real time. And if you fucking hack your switch, you're a filthy bastard. And I'm like, okay, well, fuck you. I don't want to wake up, you know, at 7 a.m. once a month to try and evolve this goddamn Pokemon. That's annoying. That's that's just me. But even though I don't like it, I accept those changes and I welcome those changes because the core of the game has not changed. It is the same game. They just added some differences, right? I I just I don't I don't see the point of things like Dynamaxing and Mega Evolutions and blah blah blah. And and my this is not just for Pokemon. We're just using Pokemon as a guiding example. Yeah, it's just a it's a common ground that a lot of people can understand and and we can easily talk about. Yeah. Uh, there are definitely other games that do the same thing. Pokemon and Call of Duty have the same oh. exact game structure. They release the same game every year or every couple of years with minor changes. That's what they do. Call of Duty releases new maps, new weapons, new like running on walls, things like that. And Pokemon releases new games and new like Dynamaxing, things like that. In my opinion, I personally think I don't like Call of Duty, so I'm not even going to touch on it because I just think that whole series is... Like, the stories were cool, but I think the... Um, the whole like aspect of like the multiplayer stuff is kind of stupid in my opinion, but I just don't like those games. But like in Pokemon, I kind of feel like they need to add those things to stay relevant. Like if imagine if you just played through the same Pokemon game with no extra mechanics, nothing new, nothing exciting. Okay, I, I, I get a bike, I get, you know, running shoes and I catch Pokemon. And that was the game, game in, game out. And you caught, you know, 
the new set of Pokemon. And that was it. Like, I don't feel like that would be as well. But again, I'm not saying don't add anything. What I'm saying is don't change the core of your game. Don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If, if you have a Pokemon game, right? So, so for example, you have your Pokemon game, right? And in the first game, you've got the bike and you've got the Pokemon with flying to get you around. And, you know, and then you have your basic battles in your gyms or whatever. And then you get to Gen 2 and they add the berries and the, the cell phone so you can call trainers for battles. Day-night cycle. Day-night cycle, yep. Right. Those did not change the core of the game. Still just a Pokemon game. It's still just gyms. It's still just catching Pokemon. And there's a new set of Pokemon, new generation of Pokemon. But the core is the same, right? And I can't speak on the next few gens because I didn't really play them or experience them. But But my point is... Things like that are welcome changes because you're right. Otherwise, it will get stale. But when you change the core of your game, so like, for example, in Pokemon Sword, when I go into a gym, they are going to Dynamax. And in response, I am going to Dynamax. I don't have to, but I probably will, right? Yeah. It's not something that you can do. It's not something that uh, you can see. It's It is built into what is now the core mechanic of the game. Same with the Mega Evolutions. I didn't play it, but I'd confidently bet money that you at least did it once because you felt like you had to, or the trainers you were against did it every time. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I didn't play the Mega Evolutions. So in Let's Go, I used Mega Evolutions once on Giovanni. That was, um, And I used it on my Charizard because Charizard's the best Pokemon. I don't care what anyone says. Um, actually, it's not even my favorite, but that's besides the point. But dynamaxing i'm just playing i'm i'm with you 100 i just want to make that i'm with you 100 i don't like like i'm glad i didn't buy sword and shield because i don't feel like i would have enjoyed the game and i don't think i don't like the idea of dynamaxing and i've i've watched people play it but i don't i just don't find that mechanic interesting to me um but playing devil's advocate here does adding dynamaxing or gigant gigantamaxing or whichever uh really change the core of the game it's still battling and still catching pokemon it doesn't change the the base mechanic True. It doesn't change the base of the game. It's still the same thing. You just it adds a little strategy to the game where you're like, oh, I could I you could you could preemptively Dynamax thinking they're gonna Dynamax and you're ahead of turn, you know. So it adds a little bit of strategy to it. And it also adds strategy for like online play. Now that that's a thing with Pokemon. But realistically, it's the same thing. You just make your Pokemon big and still beat the shit out of each other. Valid point. Um and it's it's hard because again, like this is just one example in 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 a multitude of games that just keep changing things and they end up being worse because they're changing things. Um, and that's not just my opinion. You know, there's a lot of games that reviews just end up flip-flopping and tanking because they were doing so good. And then the devs were like, we got to stay on top of this positivity and hype. And so they add something or change something. And it's like, why didn't you just leave it alone and ride out that hype? And now you've ruined it. Yeah. What are can you think of any other games that like they've added a mechanic that you just didn't like and you felt like it ruined your experience? <sighs> Man, I'm trying to think of some, something else that's not Pokemon. I don't have one. Like, yeah, head. I mean, I'm sure I, I'm sure I could. I I was just thinking more uh, generally speaking. I don't know if I'm I'm sure I could. I'm sure I could, but. Even still, like you said, it it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't change the core of the game. And maybe I'm the only one that doesn't like Dynamax. I suppose that's totally possible. Well, but at least there's at least two of us because I don't like it either. But. Yeah. But I, I, I just, I feel like it's, I, I, 
it's the principle I think that bothers me more than the actual fact that it's there because it's it's like it it feels like a I don't want to call it a cash grab, but I'm like it, it feels like the people who you know you may make the Pokemon games and they they put them out and it's like it almost feels like a a move that is almost blatantly saying like eventually this is going to get old and stop making us money. So we have to keep them like, why can't you just move on to the next thing? Why, why does it have to be Pokemon every year? Like, would we really lose sleep if, or, or like, okay, here's another one, right? Call of duty. You mentioned call of duty. Call of duty has been the same game for how many fucking years? I haven't changed anything. They had maps and I guess maybe weapons, but fucking I game hasn't changed. I the fuckers still buy that shit every year. Like, do you really think if Pokemon didn't add Dynamax, they were going to start losing sales? No, they're going to release another generation. Every single motherfucker that loves Pokemon is still going to buy it. Again, I see why they add it. I think you're right. I I think, you know, it doesn't hurt anything to be in there. I'm not saying they should have never done it. I'm just saying I wish I understood what drove them to be like, we have to change something big or add something big when there's nothing wrong with it to begin with. I think the logic behind that is, like as I was saying before, if you play the same thing over, in my experience, if you play the same thing over and over and over again, it's going to get boring. You're going to want something new or something interesting to keep you hooked. And so they add Dynamaxing to Pokemon. You know, it's a new feature. It's a new thing for you to toy around with. It's a new hook or or i don't i don't want to use the term sales pitch like that's the first term that comes to my head i don't want to use that term but it's a new way to grab you to be like hey guys pokemon is still here and this is what new we've done with now i i think that maybe they don't need to go as far as making your pokemon huge they could have added something like i don't know like a new um set of items or maybe add a new move set or not move set uh move slot or something something in you know to the pokemon themselves but they i think that they need to add a new dynamic to the game to keep it relevant and i think that's what it comes down to it's not like they're like oh man if we don't add dynamaxing we're not gonna sell it's if we don't add something new it's just gonna not it's not gonna it's gonna be lackluster so i do have another example and i'm kind of reluctant to use it because i feel like i'm just gonna get fucking crucified for this but uh league of legends league of legends is now going into what their 11th season i think i don't know i stopped playing it thank god but league every season every half season right this is this is why i stopped playing this is why i despise this game is because every half season they make it a brand new fucking game a game like that does not need to be. It doesn't need to be. People sit in the queue. Fucking holy shit, dude. 90% of the community still playing this game fucking hates the game and they still play it. So does it really matter if you don't change shit? You got these people fucking brainwashed anyway, including myself. I'm no exception. Like, does it really matter if you gotta gotta keep it fresh? Like, no, it's the same fucking game. So here's my example, right? You get a game like League of Legends where uh you know back back in the good old days you had uh your support had wards and you could go to the shop and you could buy however many fucking wards you wanted and you could put vision down all over the map and then in like i think it was season four they were like hey 
We're going to try this new thing. Yeah. Vision changes. Yeah. You can't buy wards anymore, but we're going to give you these things called trinkets. And that way, every single person on your team always has a ward, which means you got to have more teamwork and everyone's got to work together to get vision because if you don't have vision, you're going to lose. But also you only get two and they're on like a three minute cooldown. So that means that like, if neither team has vision and nobody has to vision, then like it's just as balanced if it, everyone had vision, right? Right? Totally. Yeah. And then, and then fucking after that, they kept it that way and they did a couple more vision changes. And, and then it's like pink wards have health now. So like they're visible, but, but you can kill them. And so like now it's another objective on the map. Ha ha ha. But you can only have one on the map at any given time. Ha ha ha. And I'm like, Dude, just fucking leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Just don't. Your game was fine. And it was already a hot pile of shit in regards to how it was balanced. Because you keep adding new champions instead of the ones you have. So now there's like 569 champions. There's not that many. I'm just saying. Like, instead of focusing on what they have, they just keep adding shit. And it's a hot pile of garbage because they don't maintain what they already have. They just keep throwing fuel on the fire. That's my other example. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That, that I definitely agree. You need to focus on maintaining the content that you already have rather than making new mechanics for the game. Like, like if you, and I, I don't really play League of Legends. I never got super into it. Um, so I can't relate on like balance and stuff. But I go off what you I, I go off what you say, right? If your game is terribly balanced and there's things that need to be fixed, I I am of the opinion that you should fix those first and then worry about new content. And then, you know, maybe you have to go back and balance because you added new content, uh, you know, again, and so on and so forth, and the cycle continues forever. Uh but fix what you got first. Right. Um but again, this, you know, this topic is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if you've got something that's working perfectly and everyone's happy with it, do you really need to change it? But here, well, so here's another way to look at it too, is not even just changes to the game itself, uh, you know, mechanically, but even here's another one for you. Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight is one of the buggiest fucking games I think I've ever seen. And they frequently, frequently add new cosmetics or, you know, a new, they call them chapters, I think. Um, where it's like a new killer and a new survivor and they have new perks or whatever. And I'm like, you literally have characters getting, by the way, for anyone that doesn't know what dead by daylight is, it is an asymmetrical. It's four V's four V's. I'm sorry. Four verse one. Uh, you have four survivors, one killer. The survivors are trying to do objectives to open the escape gates and get the fuck off the map. The killer is trying to kill them all before they do it. If the killer downs someone, they can put them up on this fucking giant meat hook and they hang there until another survivor saves them. Or it doesn't because people are shitty teammates. Anyway, there's a bug where if you unhook someone, because you have to like pick them up off the hook, right? There's a bug where you can pick someone off the hook and they just float for the rest of the game. And like, yeah, it's it's hysterical as fuck. Like, is anyone really upset about it? Man, maybe not. I think it's funny as shit. But the point is, the game is so fucking bugged. And and maybe that one's not a common bug, but it's existed for I don't even know how long that I've been in. You know, watching Dead Dead by Daylight streamers. I don't really play it, but I mod for streamers because they are my friends, and so I see a lot of that game. And um, you know, it's like you have all these things. Just why why are you adding? 
fucking new content, fix the content you have. Now, one argument that I hear frequently that someone listening might be sitting there yelling at their device uh, and thus me is, well, they're two different departments. The The people that that do dev and and fix the game and get paid to do that are not the people that come up with new cosmetics and new this and, you know, design and shit like that. You're absolutely right. And I agree. And that's a valid point. But when you're talking about an overall company focus and priorities, like, I don't know, I, I obviously I'm not someone that runs a company, so maybe I wouldn't know. Maybe it's not smart. But in my head, I'm like, you can still have the people make that content, but maybe hold on to it until your game is fucking fixed. You know what I mean? Like allocate resources that I, I, I don't know. Am I am I wrong in how that works? I'm not a game dev, so I have no idea. To me, prioritizing bug fixing is uh, is a bigger deal than prioritizing like cosmetics. Although cosmetics do make the game money, so especially because once they have your money that one time, it's not like a subscription service, right? Like you paid six dollars for Dead by Daylight, you're playing that game off that six dollar investment. So, but the company's still running and making new things. They're just not making any more money, but it costs money to keep things going. From a business perspective, it makes sense to release cosmetics, even though you have bugs because you need things to. For people to you need new things for people to buy to get more money and so you can continue making other things and then potentially keep the team on payroll so that you can fix the bugs that you have. That's fair. That makes sense. But I do think bug fixing, like especially like if there's a game breaking bug, like floating to me seems like a big problem. You know, in a game like that where you're trying to like stealth through bushes, if you're just floating above the bushes, you're never hidden. Yeah, you know, like like if that seems like a big problem for both sides. And like that's something that should be should be fixed like immediately before you release a new cosmetic patch. Um, however, a lot of those things are working simultaneously. Like you said, they're different departments. The, the cosmetic team is working on new cosmetics while the bug team is working on trying to fix the bugs. Uh, are they going to wait to release the cosmetics until that bug is fixed? Probably not. I wouldn't. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's where I go. That's kind of how my, my mindset works on it like if they're aware and they they're working on fixing it sometimes bug fixing takes a long time yeah so okay maybe that wasn't the the best example but i don't know i i still think like if if a game is fine i i just i don't see and and there's nothing wrong with like that's that's not to say that if your game starts to decline like like let's say league for example didn't ever make those changes right and five seasons later, you've got one million less people in your player base. And you're like, well, something's wrong. Maybe we're getting stale. And then you want to try something new. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. You're trying to maintain a player base. You're trying to add something fresh. Like, I get it. But they literally change that fucking game every few months. Like the entire game, not even just like, oh, we did patch notes to tune up some champs. Like, no, it's a whole new fucking game every preseason. It's insane. Well, and that's that's my logic with that's my logic with Pokemon and Dynamaxing to bring it full circle, right? They release a new Pokemon game every, you know, every year, every couple of years. So they're like, we wanna add something. You know, not I don't want to say their player base is declining. You know, maybe the player bases are aging out of it, you know. Older players don't play as much because it's kind of like you know, we grew up it's like a kid's game, right? We grew up with red and blue, you know, it's a kid's game and I, I, I and I don't mean that in any bad way you know i i'll kid go back friendly. And play. it's kid friendly yeah, i'll go back and freaking play play red and blue now like i don't care oh fuck like, that game's great hell yeah but like that's what it, you know you grow up on it and then but they need to they want to add something new so that their game doesn't hit that point of it's stale 
because it's the same thing over and over, you know? And, and ultimately they keep the same premise. They keep the same, um, game. What is it called? What do you call it? Um, game flow. Like, like it, like it's still the same catch a Pokemon, level your Pokemon, beat the gym leaders, get the, the badge. Yeah. The core beat mechanics. The four. Yeah. It's the core mechanics. It's ultimately the same thing. They just add some spice to it. They just sure. add. Now your Pokemon gets bigger. Now you can mega evolve again. Things that I don't necessarily find appealing, but a lot of people do, you know? I also think that nostalgia plays a big factor into why we like the old stuff more than the new stuff. Like, I'm a nostalgic person. I, I love reminiscing, talking about good times. And that's why I'll always say, like, one through three were my favorite. And then, and then after that, it, but it, it holds that comfy feeling to us. I think, that, I think that's a big part. And it could very well be that I'm just a grumpy old man sitting on his porch yelling at the kids to get off his lawn. Um, I, do it a few times. Yeah, I definitely have that mentality, dude. I'm I'm a seven year a seventy year old man in a fucking twenty nine year old's body. Like, there's there's no doubt. I I am just grumpy, and I like things to be the way I remember them. I live in the past a lot, and that's fine. I accept that, but I definitely do believe that there's a good way to go about changes and a bad way to go about changes. So let's talk about quality of life changes. This is what I was saying. Things that are welcome, right? Um, things that don't necessarily change the core like inner workings of a game, but things that make them more user-friendly. Um, first example that comes to my mind, Borderlands 3. I love the Borderlands series. I beat the first one 18 fucking times, plus some other half playthroughs that I never went back and finished, but I am obsessed with that game. Borderlands 3, uh, while I will admit was a disappointment to me, uh, I still played through it still beat it just not as good as the other two in my opinion as far as the characters and the story as far as playing it goes as in and what i mean by that is the way it feels the way the controls interact was very smooth and very comfortable and great because they added quality of life changes so it's still borderlands at its core it's still millions of zillions of billions of guns it's still stupid unnecessary violence and vulgar humor you know it, it still classes with skills it's it's the same game but they add things subtle things that make it smoother like you can sprint and crouch and you'll do a power slide or you can um the the biggest best example i have is climbing in the past two borderlands there's a bunch of shit to jump on top of but in order to get on top of it you have to find the right barrel and you have to jump on the barrel and then from the barrel you have to jump on the hand railing of a staircase and then from the hand railing you have to jump on top of a sign and then from the sign you have to jump on top to the rest of the roof and like you're basically playing hardcore parkour in a game that is not old enough to justify that fact so borderlands 3 added in climbing where now you can literally jump at a ledge and press a again and it'll pull you up onto that ledge you literally grab on your character grabs it and it pulls your character up those types of changes they're called quality of life for a reason right like the the things the small things that make a huge difference in how you play yeah it it's basically a way to those kinks those um those little nuances that you're playing and you're like oh man like i had to jump six times to get on top of this roof it, like a lot of times people are just like at least for me i know it feels like a waste of time i'm like oh man when this like i can see the ledge i can jump if my character would just grab it i'd be up there already and i could move on with my day but instead i got to do this giant platformer section so that I can I can get this this finish this quest that I have, and so by streamlining it like that, 
they allow you to get in, do your thing, and they keep the flow of the game moving in a positive manner as opposed to holding you back for freaking 20 minutes while you try and get this one thing. Yeah, and I like, look, I know video game logic is a thing, and that's like, if anything, it's it just is the production of wonderful memes. But there are some things that just straight up don't make sense to to a degree of like, it's not even it's not even meme funny. It's just stupid. Where it's like you you I know you can develop the ability to do this. Why didn't you? Uh, I'll give you the perfect example of what I mean. Tales of Berseria. There is a spot in Tales of Berseria where I, I've played numerous games where there's like a tiny little hill and it's too steep for your character. And I'm like, really? I'm a fucking warrior of the gods to save the world, but I can't hike up this fucking mountainside. Shut up. Like things like that drive me nuts. And so there's a spot in Tales of Berseria where it's a, it's like a snowy field. The only reason I'm trying to be descriptive is because if anyone has played the game, I want them to be able to picture where I'm talking about so they can be like, oh yeah, but there's a snowy field pretty early on in the game. And there's a part where there's like this little ledge that you can go up and there's, um, I think there's a chest up there, but it's, it's, it's a whole different area and it's even cut out on the mini map like where the ledge is there's there's a line and you have to go all the way around here's the problem that ledge is like maybe curb high like not even up to your knee high and your character just refuses to step over it you have to go all the way around because the video game design says nope there's a wall here nope can't step past this because it impedes your your walking path it's like i could literally take half effort of a step up and be there why is this not a thing so you know that type of video game logic is annoying to me because it is just an inconvenience now back to the original point with borderlands like you said you know i can see the ledge why can't i pull it up that might be harder to do so i'm okay with older games like borderlands 1 borderlands 2 having me have to jump on barrels but now with borderlands 3 they've proven that they they did agree with that thought and went, eh, maybe it's time we do something about it. And hence quality of life. Boom. Now you grab the ledge, you pull yourself up. It's way more convenient. Yeah. Anything that hinders me from progressing in a game in a seamless manner is definitely a negative in my book. Like, so for instance, we were talking about the, the parkouring ledge jumping, you know, off these barrels and handrails and signs and stuff to get to the top of the building to get the item that you want. On one hand, it's cool because it's like, oh, I have to, if I, you know, I made this platforming section, so it's cool that I, I get this reward now for, for not only discovering it, but also reaching it. But on the other hand, it's like with the whole new quality of life pull-up mechanic, I can now just do it. I don't have to, like, I did the same thing in two minutes as opposed to five minutes. You know what I mean? And I can move on with the game. When, when the flow of the game is seamless and easy and you can progress through, I think it adds quality to the game. That's that's a big thing. Things like um, one thing I know we've talked about is like the Monster Hunter world, like the zones. Yeah, I was going to bring like, that up. You were telling me that the zones, every individual zone. So when you play Monster Hunter world, you have different zones that are all numbered and stuff. I guess in the original Monster Hunter, you were saying in the original Monster Hunters, each new zone was a loading screen. And in Monster Hunter world, it's all it's all one map. I don't have to go through 20 loading screens to get from zone one to zone two. Correct. Or one loading screen to get from zone one to two, and then one loading screen to get from two to three, so on and so forth. That's a big quality of life feature. That adds seamlessness to the game. That makes it so I can play better and I'm not stuck not playing the game, you know, because jumping and loading screens, like 
going through a parkour thing is almost the same thing as sitting on a load screen. Well, so here's an interesting thought. One thing that I would I would love to hear from a veteran of Monster Hunter see I I got spoiled. I got spoiled because I I started playing in Monster Hunter World. You know what I mean? So I I never had to deal with that that zone loading. And when I went back to play cuz um Generations Ultimate is on the Switch. It's an older version and uh, it was gifted to me and went to play with a couple of friends. Then I went back to that lo- that zone loading. I was like this is fucking awful because I was used to the open map, right? So you talk about nostalgia. You talk about things from the past that, you know, give us comfort. I'm wondering if something like that holds nostalgia to someone or if that's something that everyone can agree is a good quality of life change. Like, I wonder if there's a Monster Hunter veteran out there that's like, I miss my zone loading. Like, I'm, I miss it. Like, I, I want I want to go from this zone to the next zone. I don't want to have to run the entire length of a fucking map. I just want to hit the edge of this piece of map and spawn into the next piece of map. Uh, you know, maybe in that regards, it's faster, even though loading screens are lame. Because I can make the same argument for Borderlands, where you're right, it does save a lot of time. But in the first Borderlands, there there's a bunch of hidden chests on roof roofs because it's hard to get up there. They're basically jump puzzles. Like MMOs have jump puzzles. It's it's kind of like that, where it's like you don't know if anything's on that roof. But in order to find out if it's on that roof, you have to find the right barrel. And then from that barrel, you have to find the right railing to jump on and, and whatever. So like by having the inconvenience of not grabbing ledges, you can actually add a different element to your game in, in that trying to find your way up is a whole nother mechanic in and of itself. And it also leads towards exploration, trying to figure out, hey, can I jump on this? Hey, where will my guests sit on this? Hey, can I reach there from there? It's a different it's a different level. And I can I can see your point. Right. Um. I definitely think that the seamless transition, like being able to pull yourself up on a ledge, is just way better to me because what if I really want that item up there, but that puzzle is just annoying to do? Like, not that it's hard, but it's annoying yeah. and it's aggravating. Oh, 10 jumps later, I finally get there after I've fallen down 30 times. Sure, it's a puzzle. I know we talked about how fun solving puzzles are, but sometimes you've solved the puzzle and it's just the matter of executing executing and that's where you get aggravated you're like i know where to jump i just need to actually jump and that can definitely be like annoying yeah annoying to figure out and that can definitely you know just give me my freaking item man just give me my gun yeah no i can definitely agree with that but i guess my point is at least like at least you have that argument right of of like without without the climbing you have the jump puzzles whatever like at least that argument exists so my point is, can you make an argument for a quality of life change like eliminating loading zones? You know what I mean? Or is, or is that a quality of life change that just everybody welcomes and everybody loves? Like, how cool is this that they have eliminated my load screens in every hunt? I don't have to look at 10 different loading screens. I can just explore the entire map. It's open. It's beautiful. It's fun. Is there anybody out there going, this change sucked? Monster Hunter is all about going from zone to zone to zone, and I don't mind a 10-second load screen. Why did they make it this big open world? I, I just I wonder if there's an argument there. I would highly doubt it. I'm not saying that there isn't, uh, but I would doubt it. I think there's a big difference between platforming and loading screens, because platforming, you're actively still playing the game. Loading screens, you're doing nothing but sitting there waiting, holding your dick in your hand. I mean, we're always looking to get rid of loading screens or make loading screens faster like we understand their necessity in a lot of games a lot of things that's why the, like the new playstations and the new xboxes come out they've got faster drives so the loading screens are quicker so we can get back into playing the game it breaks that flow 
every loading screen is a break in the game. And now there, there are people who are probably like, because you know how they always put the tooltips up or the flash art up, like they have the cool picture of a dragon or they have a cool picture of whatever it is. Yeah. Um, there are people who are probably nostalgic for the art and love the way that the art was done and that gives them vibes. But sitting in the loading screen, I think it's, it's hard to say that that's something that's... I, I, I mean, think of it this way. I miss not playing the game for 10 seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's a hard argument to have, but I, I don't want to say I'm, I'm that, it, you know, if you have that feeling that it's, you're stupid or anything, that's not what I'm saying. I just think it's a hard argument to, to throw out there. Yeah. Cause loading screens are just, again, as I was saying, it's a, it's a break in the pace of the game. It's a break in the flow. It's a break in my playtime. Now there are definitely times where I appreciate a loading screen. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I just beat this boss and I need, I'm like, Oh God, man, like that was really hard. Or, you know, I need to go pee and I'm playing this video game, but I don't want to like miss anything. So I'm going to freaking, I go to the next area, loading screen. Oh, cool. I got time. I'm going to go to the, go to the bathroom real quick and come back, you know? Yeah. Or take a sip of water because I'm not in combat anymore. I like quick loading screens that have the like, like the, the, the loading screen is loading. And then when it's done loading, it says like press X to continue. Cause then screens like that, where it's like, like you said, like if you get up and go to the bathroom, at least when the loading is done, you don't automatically load into the game and like die because you were AFK in the bathroom. You can just come back and be like, okay, X, move on. You ever uh, get mad at a video game because you couldn't read the tooltips because the loading screen loaded too quick? Yes. All <laughs> the fucking time. Hey, you know, it's funny because usually like they, the tooltips don't do shit for you. Chances are you've already learned how to play the game or, or whatever. But like sometimes the tooltips are funny and you want to read them. You get like halfway through them and then it clicks to the next one. You're like, motherfucker. Yeah. Or uh, or like the art's really cool. So like in Skyrim, the loading screen is interactive. So they put that little model up and you can rotate it as you please. And you're like busy looking at this model and you're like, oh, I wonder what that is. Like. I see this really cool symbol over here. Let me zoom in and see what that is. Is that a dragon? I don't know. And then you're like in the middle of like zooming in and going to check it out. And then it like you load in and yeah, you're like, yeah. oh man. And now you got to wait for the next time you get that loading screen again to check it out again. Right. I had that issue happen where I was actually, for the first time in my life, I was actually mad that my game loaded too quick with Resident Evil 7. I was playing Resident Evil 7 for the first time and I couldn't remember how to beat this boss. And they always give you the loading, the, like the tooltips, like the little hints on the loading screen. So I'm like trying to read the loading screen as quick as I can, the tip on the loading screen. Cause I'm like, I don't know how to be, I don't remember how to beat this guy. I don't know how to beat this guy. I'm trying all this different stuff. Am I supposed to just, is he a bullet sponge or is there like a piece of the puzzle I'm missing? I don't know. And then, you know, I'll die. I'll try to read the loading screen to get the tip. And then I load into the game and I'm like, no, I need the help. Like help me. <laughs> so, oh. Here's another uh, here's another example. We're talking about. Do you have any other specific examples of adding games that maybe ruined an experience? I wouldn't say it ruined my experience, but here's something I've always I've always wondered um, in regards to if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So Final Fantasy, you have four all the way through nine is ATB, which uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I'm pretty sure everyone does, but for anyone that doesn't know, ATB is uh i think it stands for action time bar or action something bar it basically it's it's like a it's like a quasi turn base where like you it is turn based in that you have to wait for your turn and input a command and then the command executes but you basically you have this bar that has to fill 
and you cannot take an action until that bar fills. And in a lot of aspects, the enemy will keep doing stuff even if you don't input. So you kind of still have to be not quick about it, but you can't like, I can't AFK from an ATB Final Fantasy because I'll probably get killed in the time I'm gone if I don't input anything. So anyway, four through nine was ATB and the ATB and, and how it worked kind of changed a little bit throughout the games, but but it was ATB. And then 10 came out. 10 was the first game with voice acting and they made the game, the combat, but they went back to turn-based, completely turn-based. So funny story, Final Fantasy 10 is the top grossing Final Fantasy game. Final, that, that is a fact. You don't have to agree that it's your favorite. You don't have to agree that it's the best game, but Final Fantasy 10 made Square Enix the most money in sales, period. Google that shit. At least last time I checked. I don't know. Maybe however many years later it's gotten past. Maybe seven has now that seven's on like every platform under the goddamn sun. Maybe it's made it more money. I don't know. But it was it was 10 for years. 10 was 10 made them the most money. And 11 came out was the MMO. 12 came out was the next game. 12 is not turn-based. 13 is not turn-based. 13 is a different iteration of ATB. And every other 13-2 and lightning returns was like not turn-based uh 14 is the mmo and then 15 came out 15 is definitely not turn-based so on the one hand you could argue you know oh well we're we're in an era where turn-based doesn't work i hear that by the way i hear that a lot and i think it's bullshit like if i want to play a turn-based rpg there's a reason i go back to the originals it's because i love turn-based just because we have all this fancy technology nowadays doesn't mean that every game has to be fucking action rpg could absolutely make a turn-based here's to you persona Thank you for not losing your ways. Anyway, I don't understand where the one that made them the most money was the one that they strayed away from. We're like, they, I don't know why they didn't look at it and go, hey, turn base was working for us. Everyone loved it. Why don't we make another one? But I could also say the same thing for ATB. While I'm not the biggest fan of ATB, you did it for that many years, that many games. Why stop doing it? Like 13 was a different version of ATB and it ended up going pretty well. As far as how the combat worked, you know, again, maybe 13 wasn't everyone's favorite game, but they made changes on an existing mechanic without changing the mechanic. I wonder why. If it's working, why change it? Just to, uh, I, I did a Google search. It's since active time battle. Active uh, time. Okay, thank you. Active time battle. Uh, it's an ATB bar, so active time battle bar. So when it fills up, you get to take your action. Not to correct you when you're wrong. At least I know in Final Fantasy VII, it was pause. You could you could toggle that off. Uh, yeah, you yeah. could toggle it off, so you could totally like wait for the ATB bar to fill up and get your turn, right? Uh, and like AFK and come back. But anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know why the game that grossed them the most amount of money as a turn-based game, they decided to go back and turn it into ATB or real-time combat. I think that'd definitely be a thing to to look into i thought the way that 13 did atb was really cool like i for someone that does not like atb as a system that was probably the coolest version of it in my opinion as far as a newer game needing a touch of uh, a, a breath of life like if you're if you're not going to make a fancy newer game like 13 or 15 have the the scrapped ass basics of like final fantasy 4 because obviously the the years and technology are very different 
if you feel like you got to put a spin on it, I feel like 13 was definitely a good way to do it. I, I liked it. For people who don't know, what spin did they put on it? In the original ATB system, so like if you look at Final Fantasy 4, you know, or even like 7, you sit there and you wait for the bar to fill and then you input your command. And after the command executes, your bar starts starts over and it has to fill again for each individual character. Uh, in 13, it's it's kind of... I'll be honest with you. I might butcher explaining this just because it's been so long since I've played 13 and I never actually beat it. Uh, and so obviously I'm not at that point yet in my marathon, but it's, it's a lot quicker paced and you have not combos, but, but you can chain attacks together with a certain amount of ATB. So like, instead of, instead of having one bar and then inputting your command and then like being done, you have like, three bars and they can you can fill up like one and then one turn like it goes beyond that into the second bar and you can be like oh i cast instead of casting fire for one atb i cast fira for for two it's it's kind of like the seven remake except also very different like i i don't i don't really know how else to explain it more specifically but um it, it's a lot smoother as an ATB system than the reason I don't like the original ATB systems because it feels like a staring contest. In a turn-based game, you know you're waiting for it. You, like, your enemy takes a turn, and on their turn, they're deciding what they're going to do, and then it's your turn, and you're doing menu inputs, and then you do it. But as soon as you do it, it does it. Whereas in ATB, the enemy's not going, and you're not going, and you're literally just staring at each other waiting for the bar to fill. To me, that seems pointless and stupid and slows down for no reason that's why i didn't like atb now obviously as you get further into a final fantasy game there's a lot more to do in that dead space and so it gets it gets a lot more tolerable i wouldn't say i hate atb i would say i hate early game atb yeah when there's less to do because like eventually you get like haste and stuff like that that makes it better so your bars fill up faster or slow so you get more turns before your enemy does things like that right right so what you were saying is with the modification to the atb on Final Fantasy 13, that was a good quality of life feature, correct? That's like adding a quality of life feature that doesn't change the base game, that makes the game better and new. Right. And keeps keeps things fresh. Right. Do you think there's a way to like create something that's new and exciting, but without changing little mechanics like that? Like, so instead of adding like the ATB bar difference in Final Fantasy or little things in pokemon like the day night cycle or item holding or berries that you could still create a good experience in a good game absolutely yeah take pokemon again right like i said almost more to your point about nostalgia like having that 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 comfort that that familiarity if anything you know you you get something like pokemon where yeah maybe it's really easy to sit back and think about what it would be without adding these new things. And, and then you think about it and you're like, well, if it was the same game with new Pokemon, like, yeah, it would get really boring really fast or, or whatever. But I genuinely think at the end of the day, people still fucking buy it. Cause, cause that's basically what it is now. Anyway, at its core, it is its same game, right? So if they literally changed nothing in a Pokemon game, like Pokemon, Red and blue came out and it was what it was. And then fucking gold, silver and crystal came out and it was the same fucking like they didn't add the berries. They didn't add the cell phones. I still would have loved gold, silver and crystal because the, the story, the uh, region and the new Pokemon were dope. 
Now, maybe after fucking seven Pokemon, I would just be completely over it. But they did the changes, and after three seasons, I was over it anyway. So does it really fucking matter? Probably not. Like, people are going to have their tastes, and one way or another, you'll never please everybody. So does it really matter? No, I don't think it does. At the end of the day, if I like it for the Pokemon and I like it for the region, then whether or not it has berries and holdable items and cell phones really isn't going to change that much for me anyway. Now, the other side of the coin, I could use that argument against myself. Like you said at the start of this conversation, does adding it really hurt anything? No, no. In this case, it doesn't. Unlike League of Legends, in this case, it doesn't. If you're going to put in Dynamax and you're going to put in Mega Evolutions, it does not ruin my experience. I don't have to like them and I don't like them, but it also has not ruined a Pokemon game because it's still a Pokemon game. Yeah, no, that makes sense. No, I I agree. That makes sense. It's still the core game. I do think it would get stale. Like, I do think it would get stale after a while, but to me, it got stale. Like you were saying, it got stale to me after after Gen 4. Like, I think I was like, all right, like, I don't need to play another Pokemon game again. Like, this is the same. Like, it just got repetitive to me. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad game. And consider the the different types of player bases anyway, right? Like, like, let's say... Let's say this game has never evolved, no pun intended. Let's say it, it has never established a new feature, right? There's no there's no mega evolutions, there's no dynamaxing, there's no berries, there's no self whatever, right? The people that play Pokemon the way they do, I don't think it would have changed for literally anybody. Cuz think of it this way, right? I played up to Crystal and then I stopped because I was over it and then Sword looked really good so I went back to Sword. And you know what happened when I went back to Sword? I filled my Pokédex and I have not touched that game since. The the new um expansion or whatever you want to call it came out with like they added Pokémon in a new region and like I didn't I was so excited when they announced it and now I don't even think about buying it cuz I'm just like eh, I don't think I'd ever play it. So, you have the people that are over it regardless and and then you have the people that like love the raid system and love the the addition of Pokemon so they can continue to fill their Poke- Pokedex. And then you get the people that like like shiny hunting and and uh, perfect training, you know, EVs, IVs, all that shit. Which, by the way, you really want to talk about changes to Pokemon that piss me off. It's the EVs and IVs thing because people went super elitist on it and it irritates the shit out of me. Uh, so Pokemon Go came out, right? And walk around and I'm like, I was super excited because I was like, this is what we've asked for since we were kids. I can go out into the world and catch Pokemon. This is phenomenal. And I would go out with my friends and I would walk and I would turn my phone off to save battery. And they'd be like, what are you doing? I'd be like, what do you mean? Why is your phone off? Because there's nothing here. What are you talking about? There's five Pidgeys. I already have a Pidgey. Yeah, but if you catch these Pidgeys, you might get some with like better EVs and better IVs. And then you go to a stop and you put a lure on it and then you hatch a lucky egg. And that way it's like double the experience. And you take all of the Pidgeys you caught. You have like a hundred Pidgeys. You turn them all into candies. And then you're like level 30 in five minutes. And I'm like, bro, I don't give a fuck. I just want to fill my Pokedex. What? Why do I need 300 Pidgeys for level 30 in a mobile game? Yeah. And and so so that being said, like I just I don't give a fuck, but there are some people that do. And so even if that game did not have those changes, like if I'm the type of person that loves EV IV training, I'm the type of person that loves shiny hunting, I'm the type of person that loves raiding, I'm going to be doing those things anyway with the new Pokémon anyway. 
right? Ruby comes out, I'm going to get it and I'm going to play it for those reasons. And then fucking, um, you know, XY comes out, Sun and Moon comes out. I'm totally probably saying these out of order, but you get my point. They come out and you buy them and you play them because of what they are and because of what you love them for. Those mechanics have not changed. And that's my point. Yeah. Those would exist regardless of removing things like Dynamax and Mega Evolutions. The rest of it would still be there. So they are going to still sell. They are still going to be popular. They are still going to exist. People are going to play them for what they already play them for. And then, like you said, uh, you know, with us, like we were, we were over it regardless. So does it really matter? Nah, I got still for us anyway. Who cares? And, uh, you know, it's we, the collective, we, the people who think the same way not the we as in me and you right right you know to just to clarify because i'm i know there's other people who are like yeah pokemon was really good for a while but like it just became repetitive and redundant and i got over it right and like like i don't think like we were saying adding dynamaxing and gigantamaxing and like that stuff doesn't change the core of the game it doesn't make me excited to play the new pokemon game right you know it doesn't add such a big feature where i'm like uh i gotta get it I'm just like, all right, so I'm still going to go through and beat the Elite Four, and and but now I'm just going to do it with Pokemon the size of the Eiffel Tower. Cool. Well, that's kind of co- the cool thing about Pokemon, too, specifically, is that Pokemon, for what it is, like, we all still love it anyway. So, it, so like, even for me, having not played all of those generations in the middle, like, I can still talk about Pokemon because of the generations I know and the generations and games that I loved. And then if someone comes to me and they're like, dude, my favorite Pokemon is is this. And I'm like, I've never fucking heard of that ever. And then they go, go to Google and they send me a Google images. I'm like, yo, actually, that Pokemon's pretty goddamn cool, right? Like, you can still enjoy it without buying the games and playing them. You can still enjoy it for what it is and talk about it because they are connected like that. For sure. I can know Gen 1 exclusively and you could know Gen 6 exclusively and we're still going to connect on that level. For sure, yeah, and and that's one of the coolest things. Like Pokemon is one of those games that just withstands the test of time. There's always gonna be that Pokemon that somebody somewhere we have like we have a Pokemon that's literally a trash bag, right? It's literally a garbage Pokemon. I think its name is actually Garbodor, and uh, or Vanillux, which is literally vanilla ice cream. Yeah, but somewhere out there is somebody whose favorite Pokemon is the trash bag Pokemon. Yep, or or like no matter what the pokemon is it could be the ugliest pokemon in the world it could be the weirdest pokemon in the world. somebody Some has that it. as their favorite yep. my favorite pokemon i'll say right now ditto ditto is my favorite pokemon i i think ditto is freaking not that i don't love ditto because ditto is an awesome adorable pokemon but i feel like to say ditto is your favorite pokemon is such a fucking cop out because then you're saying that all pokemon are your favorite pokemon because any of them i don't even like ditto because He's like, he turns into every Pokemon. I like Ditto because he's just a stupid fucking blob. Also, if Ditto was green, he'd be Flubber. That's what I was about to say. He's like Flubber. He's literally fucking Flubber. And then, and then you use him as your fucking sex slave. Whoa. I'm sorry. You do. (laughs) What? You, you use Ditto as your sex slave. Your Pokemon sex slave. I don't think i want an explanation on this i'm gonna go ahead and move past i don't know what you're talking about you can breed pokemon you use ditto ditto can be any pokemon <laughs> and any gender oh, so you're not actually okay 
No, no. I'm not having sex with my ditto. (laughs) My Pokemon are having sex with my ditto. But I can infinitely breed Pokemon with one ditto. You made me really nervous with that sentence, bro. (laughs) You made me really fucking nervous with that sentence. I was like, I don't know where he's going with this. I'm going to try and roll past because that doesn't sound like something I need to be sharing content in. No, ditto is not my fleshlight. (laughs) (laughs) You said it, bro. But yeah, no, I just, I, I think it's really cool. I think because Pokemon just, it connects generations. Like you see the picture of the, the, um, there's like a woman that bought her, her little daughter, uh, really young, probably like some four or five, six, I don't know, but young daughter, they bought her Pokemon for the switch. And she, I guess she asked the dad, like, uh, oh, do you know what Pokemon is? And he like lit up and went into storage and got his old Pokemon cards and was like showing her all the Pokemon from the generation one. And like, you cannot deny with shit like that that it connects generations, even if it's not your kid, right? Like, Pokemon has been around for so long now. And like I said, it is virtually the same thing. If I only know Gen 1 and you only know Gen whatever the fuck we're on right now, I think it's like eight or nine, we're still going to be able to talk about it. Even if we don't know each other's Pokemon, it's still the same thing. And so that, that sharing is there. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's, a timeless video game. Yeah. Like no matter no matter how long, no matter no there ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no river wide enough to keep me and you from talking about Pokemon or something. That song is in there somewhere. But I think that wraps it up for this episode, hey? Yeah. Unless you have so. anything else you want to add? Uh just to reiterate, man, the quality of life is one thing, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I think a lot could be done with just minor changes. You don't need to overhaul big things to make little differences. Anyway, guys, I think that wraps it up for us for this episode. The coopcouch.simplecast.com. There's all our episodes there. Uh, upper right-hand corner, we have links to the, our Twitch channels, our Twitter channels, our Facebook page for the podcast. Always up to date when we release our episodes every Wednesday. It's been real, dude, and uh, we hope to see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening. Made me real nervous for the sex ditto, dude.